Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. Um, you're hearing a voice that you don't normally hear right at the beginning. That's because um, Josh is once again not with us. I have been meticulously keeping attendance records, and yes, this is true that in the last five recording sessions, he's only made, now at this point, I think we have to almost say he's only made a guest appearance, (laughs) that I think he's now been demoted from being one of the hosts of the show to now just making guest appearances. I'm not sure. I'll wait for my other brothers all, to weigh in. In all, in all fairness, we will say that he's not he's not on vacation this time. He's yeah. he's overwhelmed at work. He's got a got a men's retreat coming up, and so uh, yeah. he's he's got a lot on his plate. So he's not going to be with us today. I, I you know all those weeks that I missed with cancer. I don't know what you guys were saying about me. <laughs> yeah, I I realize now that I I don't go back and listen to the ones that I wasn't here, but. <laughs> Uh, Maybe I should. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are going to try to move forward without um, our esteemed brother. And we've been working through just a series of questions that um, people sometimes pose um, with regard to the Christian faith. And not sure if this is a question that is on the minds of our listeners this morning, but it is, how does a person know whether they've been called to be a pastor? Well, maybe the question that listeners have on their mind, what makes that man think he is a pastor? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the the answer to that is probably going to be uh, very similar uh, in terms of how a person is called. Yeah, I, I would want to start my answer to that. How, how does a person know they're called to be a pastor? When I was a, when I was a youngster, I, I, and I grew up in church, I never thought that I would be a pastor. I heard... I heard pastors uh, talking about this mysterious thing called being called, and uh, I, I often wondered what that was. And when I myself, during my college years, uh, was experiencing a, a nudge, what I thought was a nudge from God toward ministry, and it's because I was doing ministry, I found, I found myself doing it in, in volunteer capacities. And um, I, I went to my pastor, and I asked him, how do you know if you're called? And he gave me a wonderful answer that I've been sharing with people ever since. He said, Phil, every Christian is called, and there is one calling, and that is take up your cross and follow me. Uh, so let's, and that was absolutely right, so let's from, from the get-go put, put aside this notion that there are some people who have this super spiritual, super duper calling and they're called pastors, and everybody else is kind of a second-class mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Christians. No, absolutely not. Um, and and this is it goes back to what the Bible teaches about uh, the the priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in in the in the Reformation, we did away with this idea 
the Reformed churches did away with this idea. The Protestant churches did away with this unbiblical idea that there's this super spiritual group that has a, a, a calling above other Christians. That's, that's not scriptural. Every Christian is called, and there is one calling, take up your cross and follow me. Now, within that, there are many different vocations. Yeah, and I think we need to elevate that doctrine of vocation or or at least un- help people understand uh, what it means to be called and serve in their in the capacity that you know matches their personality matches the you know the um the gifts that God has given to them yep. you know there's you know oftentimes we might find ourselves in an occupation where we're doing something just to get by and and that's a different an occupation doing something is different than a vocation you know my my wife even noticed uh, you know in my in you know there were was a time when I was outside of the pastorate and uh, and she says man you're grinding your teeth at night you're doing this and i said yeah because i'm doing something i wasn't called to do it's yes. it's, it's actually um frustrating me where whereas even in ministry might have even greater problems and yet uh i there's a uh, sense and satisfaction this is what god has designed for you mm-hmm. and uh you know growing up i like like you phil i i'd grown up in a christian home and i'd uh you know there was a, a sense in which from the beginning you felt uh, you know your life was dedicated to the lord you wanted to do something for him and i didn't know what that wa- was I think for pastors, what happens is you have this sense of you, you have this sense of um, being called into service, where you where you, you have a desire to do this, and you know even in uh, Timothy it says the one that desires a to be an elder desires a good thing. So there's there's that that desire on your heart. There's a there's a subjective feeling that this is what God has called you to, but um, that has to be combined with you know some objective realities, and that is the church actually uh, giving an approbation yes, to that. Absolutely. And so, so there's so it's an in, a kind of an internal you know reading it out. This is what I should do, and then that approbation that comes from the people. Right. Yeah, we we talk about. Um, the maybe technical terms would be an internal call, an external call. So you have your own um, sense of the, what Jonathan is talking about, a subjective feeling, thought, um, all of that that says, I, I think maybe this is something that um, God is nudging me towards. But that um, some of us come from a tradition where we um, hold to what's in the Belgic Con- Confession. And the Belgic Confession would say in this area that no one should put themselves forward. And the idea is that, that those skills, those areas of giftedness that lend themselves towards pastoral ministry, other people are recognizing. Yes. And other people are encouraging you to at least think about or pursue. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an area, and I, maybe Phil and Jonathan wouldn't agree with me on this, but I think that's an area that maybe we're dropping the ball a little bit more on as far as we're not being as intentional of, of looking at our young people in our churches and saying, you know what, I see something in you that I think would be um, would lend itself to pastoral ministry. Ab- absolutely. And while we're, while we're on that, I think that's an important ministry that the church has to all of our young people. Mm-hmm. 
whatever they're called into, because God has a vocation for every one of them. Mm-hmm. And they, it's so important that young people hear affirmation from adults, that they hear affirmation of their gifts. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you're, I've been watching you, and, and you're gifted in this area. You're good at this. I'm so thankful in my life, uh, when I look back on, on how I ended up landing in the ministry, it was kind of what you're describing it. Originally, it didn't come from me at all. People would come up to me and say, hey, are you going to be a pastor? Are you going to mm-hmm. go to seminary? And my initial response was, no. And mm-hmm. it wasn't just, no. It was, no. <laughs> it, it, was, it, <laughs> yeah. wasn't on my, it wasn't mm-hmm. on my mind at all. Mm-hmm. But as, as people kept saying this to me, and I was doing ministry in a volunteer capacity, um, and I just assumed that's what I would continue to do, be a part of my church, be a part of, of, of ministry. And, uh, but people affirmed gifts in me, and I'm so thankful that I had older, older more mature adults who were willing to do that, who, who, mm-hmm. who said, I, I see a gift in you. And you should pursue this. There, yeah, there are places uh, where the church can do this. For instance, if it is you know asking somebody to teach in a in a Sunday school, or we we have a ministry in our church to one of the um, uh, retirement homes, and uh, you know one of the areas to test men's gifts is find out if they're willing to to teach when we go over there, and so. Uh, we've we've used that as an opportunity to uh, test their ability to prepare and and deliver uh, something that uh, feeds the people of God. And so, mm-hmm. you know, because the Bible for even for elders, it says that they ought to be apt to teach. They have ought to have that ability to teach because they have to refute in sound doctrine. So, does this uh, person have that ability? You know, not it's not just a character issue. It's d- does that person have this ability to communicate in that way? And so, we we test those gifts even before we call them to service as an as an elder. Mm-hmm. I I'm curious about how you guys would respond to to something that I'm sure you've heard before. Um, there is an, a a saying. I'm not sure where it came from, but basically, it goes something like this: that if you can do anything else then you shouldn't be a, a pastor. I understand. Cla- clarify yeah. what, what I'm trying to say here. It's If you can find that you can do anything else other than being a pastor, then you sh- basically shouldn't go into the pastorate, that that should be the only thing that you feel like you you have yeah, I a think, calling I to. think there's a sense in which, you know, the, you know, Paul says the love of Christ constrained him to do it. There seems to be a constraint. And, and in some ways, I do think that there is a, there's a capacity that says, I you know, I, I'm not going to be doing anything else. I mean, there was, you know, there were, I had other interests as I was growing up. But you know, I, you know, I could have been called to be a veterinarian. I could have been uh, called to be an artist. You know, and I. But when I, they had my interest, but they didn't have my heart. And so that was. I, I don't think that. I think there's something that you have to. It has to be a little bit more than. Yeah, this is something I could do. I could. I could be this or that or that. I think I'll. You know, let me draw this name, this uh, vocation out of the hat. Sure, and uh, but I w- and I agree with that. I think that there needs to be a sense of passion, uh, as Jonathan is saying. The, the, 
that I'm compelled, uh, and I'm drawing a blank right now, so you guys are going to have to help me. Which one of the Old Testament prophets said, I have, as it were, a fire in my bones? I think it's Jeremiah. And I must speak it. That's Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I have, as it were, a fire in my bones, and I must speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there's there's that sense in which if if you're not compelled, the, the, the fire in your bones then um, perhaps find something else. However, I would say that about any vocation. Right. God has something for you, Christian, a, a useful purpose for you in this world. And, you know, it, it sounds like a cliche. You know, people say, follow your passion, and that's not always good advice. Um, because but, that would always lead me to a Krispy Kreme donut. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but wait, but where your but where your where your passions uh, your gifts uh, begin to align, you know, at that crossroads, that's that's a, a good place to start where God's calling you. This is where my passion is here, my gifts are here, and this is where they 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 cross. That's the crossing. Well, as as there's a writer named Fred Beekner who, who said, "Where your calling is, where your great passion and the world great world's great need meet." I must have heard that somewhere, <laughs> but I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I, the the whole idea of, of of being called is a reminder that we all have a vocation. We all have something that God has called us to do, um, and when we're outside of that call, everything is frustrating. Um, but when we are operating in God's uh, plan and purpose for our life, we find uh, peace and happiness. Amen. Yeah, don't settle for just doing work. Um, Naturally, if you end up in a job that's not what you feel is your true call in life, you do it still to the glory of God. Um, But I would continue to nudge you towards finding uh, a a vocation um, that matches your passion and the world's needs. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you tomorrow. 